This week's episode, I examine gender bending with video games. If you love to play as another sex in video games, or if you've entertained the idea of being someone different than how you personally identify in real life, well, video games can be that outlet. And I'd like to take a closer look at what that means with this episode. I'll also get into my YAS of the week that deals with the new transgender Victoria's Secret model, and yet another installment of Kirsten's Corner, where this week she talks tattoos. This is episode 27 of the Cross YAS podcast, so why don't we right into it? Welcome to the Cross YAS podcast. The podcast that says yas to everything related to cross-dressing and gender. I'm Giselle Mirasol, your cross-dressing host. Stalk me on Instagram at Giselle Mirasol and follow the podcast there too at Cross Yas Podcast. The Cross Yas Podcast is still on Facebook and Twitter as well at Cross Yas. That's spelled C-R-O-S-S-Y-A-A-S. And hey, Cross Yas listener, are you looking to contact the podcast with your feedback or considering sharing your own personal story on the podcast? cross-dressing or gender-related? Well, the answer should still be... Yes, yes, yes. Email the podcast at crossyaspodcast at gmail.com. That's C-R-O-S-S-Y-A-A-S podcast at gmail.com. It's officially my birthday, y'all. Happy birthday to me. One time for the birthday, bitch. That's right. My birthday's on August 9th, where now I'm 31 years old. I know. But you're so old. But hey, I'm here, happy to be here, happy to have an audience where I guess people just want to really hear me rant about cross-dressing and gender-related topics. But, I don't know, for my birthday, I'm just going to celebrate with family, taking off some time off actual work, and I'm just trying to ramp up the episode releases. Um, I got to dress up this week with a fiancé, who I guess we'll have an episode up soon as sort of a follow-up from Kirsten being my girlfriend to now my fiancé and see where she's at. Uh, this week, I went to a Major League Baseball game, dressed up, with a very good friend of mine. Hi, Elaine. So that was fun. I went to a Major League Baseball game in San Francisco Giants. Well, they're not very good. You suck! But it's okay. I had a great time. Dressed up. Wore my uh, very cute jumpsuit. I think I posted a picture up here. Uh, Even with all that, I'm just happy to be here with y'all. Because really, you guys are the best present I could ever ask for. So thank you, thank you, thank you for listening. And I I had a great week. Speaking of great weeks, what about my... Of the week, Victoria's Secret, the, you know, famous female undergarment store, announced this week that a transgender model will be their first ever transgender model to walk their runway. <laughs> Valentina, I'm probably pronouncing it wrong, Sampaio. Uh, well, she's a transgender Brazilian model, and she was chosen by Victoria's Secret to be their first transgender model. But Victoria's Secret has not been the best thing as of late. Last year, Victoria's Secret got a lot of heat from their chief marketing officer, Edward Razek for this. During an interview for Vogue, Razak used the word transsexual, which is deemed outdated and offensive, and said that trans and plus-size women do not exemplify the fantasy the Victoria's Secret is trying to sell. Yeah, Razak tried to make amends by uh, trying to apologize for his remarks, by saying that the inclusion of transgender models in the Victoria's Secret fashion show came across as insensitive and that they would absolutely would cast a transgender model for the show. He goes on to say stuff like, transgender models come to castings and like many others they don't make it but it was never about gender he also says he admires and respects people's journey to embrace who they really are which i don't know the whole thing seems fishy to me he finally did this like a year or like less than a year later but it really just seemed like he just kind of saving face trying to cover his ass but i think he really doesn't care i think more of it is as a result of money there's uh, reports that they're 
failing sales has made the company resort to something like this, to resort to casting a transgender model. In May, Victoria's Secret also reported that they will no longer release the fashion show on television, which, I don't know, part of me is torn about. I really like this fashion show because it was really fun looking at models and admiring how pretty they are, but I guess now that I'm older, I kind of realize like those are, I don't know, pipe dreams. Like no one can look that great in a bikini and a, like angel's wings. I don't know if you guys remember way back when, when these models would walk the runway and kind of just flaunt who they are. It was like, you're like, holy crap, those girls are gorgeous. But realistically, not everyone can look like that. And I think that's the problem with Victoria's Secret is that I feel like Victoria's Secret is always pushing the idea that people need to look like bombshells, models that are, you know, kind of unattainable, like Carly Kloss or I don't know if you remember um, Heidi Klum, right? Very long haired, very skinny, very tall. Like these people aren't your normal, but I feel like like not all crossdressers or transgender people can look like that. I mean, that's the goal, right? When people say, oh, hashtag goals, that people want to look that gorgeous, but I don't know, it's not super attainable, and I don't think we should stress on that. And I feel like, I mean, yeah, that's something, you know, it's pretty, they're very symmetrical, they have unhealthy bodies sometimes, you know, how skinny they are, like they hadn't eaten in days. But I don't know, it just doesn't seem like something I'm into, maybe people still are, but the fact that they're losing sales and the fact that they're finally having to show that they need to care about other people other than models, I don't know makes it seem all disingenuine cm the chief marketing officer for saying things like that it's just a fantasy like yeah sure it's a fantasy but don't push that fantasy on us right like for you to say that makes us think that if we don't do that or we can't attain that fantasy then we aren't people so i don't know it's kind of kind of wrong to say that and it's kind of irresponsible to say that too i mean you're a major company and if your chief marketing officer says things this he doesn't just say it about transgender people. He also says it about bigger women, right? Because have you seen a woman who's over like 180 pounds or 200 pounds? Who's probably a Victoria's Secret model? Probably not. And I don't know, it just makes it more difficult for... I guess it, it's reflective on your sales that nobody's trying to buy from Victoria's Secret as much because you can't badmouth people or leave people out, sort of just ostracize them because they don't fit your mold. Like you have to include everyone. Obviously there's restrictions people are hateful or people who hate on you or people who just are bitches or dicks or whatever if you don't include people you'll absolutely get annihilated right you'll be seen as a company that doesn't care but i don't know i remember a time when victoria's secrets catalogs were something i looked forward to same with the fashion show but this is like pre-internet when that's all you could look at and you would masturbate to victoria's secret model like pamphlets or things you would get in the mail but i don't know what the things at the internet and stuff you've kind of have to adapt to the newfound world but i'm just glad now they're kind of being more inclusive by adding a transgender model who i don't know if you guys would look her up she is gorgeous but again it's just more symmetrical faces and she has like one of those model type bodies anyways but um you know not everyone can look like that it would be better if they could have you know models who aren't just like 105 pounds or 110 pounds and like six foot or whatever you know that's not the average person right i think if victoria's secret does want to do something more i think they had like i guess heavier girl than what they normally would maybe people will be more likely to i don't know look at look at them and you know after you heard kirsten she talks about in her bra portion in kirsten's corner 
about how Victoria's Secret is pretty overrated. It kind of is. I mean, they make very comfortable stuff, but you know, if you're not going to be inclusive of everybody, you can probably kiss your company goodbye. So, I don't know. You got to include people or say bye-bye to your sales and bye-bye to your company. But my yas of the week goes to Victoria's Secret for being inclusive and adding transgender model. It's a great first step, but I think they need to do more. But, you know, this is just the beginning. So we'll see. And that was the... Yes! Of the week! But in this episode, we'll talk about cross-dressing, gender-bending, and or playing as the other sex in video games. Video games are a great outlet, and it helps us see what it's like for, I don't know, people to be someone else. I'll talk about all that in this episode, and I don't know, hope you guys enjoy it. But stay tuned after it, where you'll hear Kristen talk about tattoos. This is episode 27 of the Cross Yas Podcast. It'll be a good one. Hey guys, just want to talk about Anchor real quick. You know how I love Anchor so much. They've helped me so much with this podcast. It's free, and they have creation tools that allow you to record and edit your own podcast right from your own phone or computer. And Anchor will distribute your podcast for you, so it can be heard on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, and many more. So download the free Anchor app or go to anchor.fm to get started. Really, guys, it's everything you need to make a podcast all in one place. So go ahead and go to it. It's great. I enjoy video games. Like a lot. I like it a lot. I mean, video games are a way of escapism. What other way can you play as someone else than video games? If you're tired of being who you are in real life, then what better way to escape real life or reality than with video games? I think I started with the Super Mario Brothers on the Nintendo. And games like Zelda for the Super Nintendo. Like, those games are really my jam. But I'm also a huge sports games fan. I remember playing games like NBA Jam. If you guys remember, it was a big basketball game. Also, like, NFL Quarterback Club. Shout out to those games. I don't know if you guys remember those games. Back before NFL's Madden, we had NFL Quarterback Club. I remember playing NFL Quarterback in 96 specifically and having so much fun. And me being a huge Dallas Cowboy fan, especially a Dallas Cowboy cheerleader fan. Like, their outfits were so cute. They had great dresses and great outfits, short skirts. They were cute. They had the iconic silver and blue with the blue star. And they had beautiful bottoms, beautiful pom-poms. Super, super cute. Yeah, I remember looking at those Dallas Cowboy cheerleader girls and thinking to myself, man, I really wish I could be one of those girls. And this was in the 90s. I know they were big in the 70s, but man, I really wanted to be one of them. Like I always thought to myself, hmm. Yeah, I really like the Cowboys. And even more so, the Dallas Cowboy cheerleaders. But another game I remember playing a lot, uh, it was called Super Tennis on the Super Nintendo Entertainment System, or the SNES. One of the first games I remember where you could actually play as a female was Super Tennis had like the cool late 80s, early 90s music and hair. It was in 8-bit form, so the graphics were kind of terrible back then. But you could choose to play as a male or a female tennis player. I mean, there weren't that many distinguishing factors about being male or female other than the name. It was really pixelated and really small, so it was kind of difficult to distinguish between men or a woman. But I did remember playing as some of the female characters. They were 
they look like really short shorts i think i guess they're trying to be like skirts but you couldn't really tell um they did wear pink kind of to reinforce the issue or reinforce the idea that the women wore pink but it was tough but i remember games like that were really fun but after the super nintendo uh, i did remember playing a lot of wrestling games one of the first wrestling games i remember playing was on the playstation it was called smackdown and smackdown was a wrestling game that had like i don't know if you guys didn't know any wrestling people but like the rock or stone cold steve austin or people like that and in that you could also customize characters which for a crossdresser or transgender person i guess it was a lot of fun because you can create someone like yourself and put them in a dress or or wear like bikinis like i always made my avatar looking wrestler wear a bikini because i don't know i thought it was funny but you could also like change into a face like yours so you could pretend like you're wrestling like a wrestler against other people but again those graphics were still kind of blocky and they weren't uh, i don't know there was still a lot of loading screens so the games weren't seamless as the games are today but it was just fun customizing outfits and you would fight in the women's wrestling championship or whatnot you could win a belt but that goes to show just like how men and women are represented in video games. Traditionally, it's seen as heteronormative, which means that heterosexuality is the normal for sexual orientation, which I guess if you think about it, you know, it's reinforced this way in stereotypes in most games, whereas like men are seen as muscular, strong, big, dumber, like a jock type, whereas the women is seen as thin, long haired and has huge oversized boobs or emotional. I remember in like the wrestling games, they would have storylines and this was reinforced that way where these women were like the damsel in distress and the man would save them. Uh, damsel in distress. <laughs> Which isn't true. Cause well, not all women need saving. Another game that I really liked to play, and you could see this as just in how the drawings were and how the gameplay worked, was Street Fighter. I don't know if you guys remember Street Fighter with characters like Ryu or Guile or Ken and you know, those are the male characters and you know Blanca versus like the female characters were like Chun-Li who by the way one of my favorite characters she had like actually she's such a famous character that I would love to dress like her for Halloween one day because I don't know she was really pretty she had like high-pitched noises her thighs were huge and she'd always kick but I don't know, I have big thighs too, so sometimes I think I could be a Chun-Li. Right. A lot of video games, especially older video games I remember playing in the 1990s and the 2000s, they really reinforced those heteronormative ideas of, I guess, dated stereotypes. That men have to look and behave this way and that women have to look and behave that way. So then, why do people pick avatars or characters that are different than their own personal sex? I mean, I don't know the exact reason why, but I can venture a guess with giving you various reasons on why me, Giselle, a self-identified male crossdresser, well, I play as the female characters. For me, I almost always choose a female character if that option is available, just because I feel like female characters just do a better job of representing me in both the physical and psychological sense. Let me explain. When I play video games, I want to feel immersed in it as much as I can. I feel like whatever the character does in the video game, well, I want to feel like I'm doing that too. Like, most recently with the game Pokemon, for example, more specifically Pokemon Let's Go Pikachu for the Nintendo Switch. And I've been playing Pokemon games forever, but this most recent one, which was released late last year, was like really one of my favorites. 
The basic premise of Pokemon is that you're a trainer and you go around catching these things called Pokemon, which is short for pocket monsters. Pokemon's like an RPG, you know, role-playing game where you go on an adventure, you meet people, and you train to be the best at catching these Pokemon, eventually being known as the best trainer across the land. You start the game by selecting a trainer to go on this adventure who's either male or female. So naturally, I pick the female trainer and I'll even name the trainer Giselle. The game begins with Giselle talking to her mom and her mom wishing her good luck on her adventure. And then she's greeted by hometown rival and Professor Oak who gives her her first Pokemon. And everyone who interacts with Giselle calls her Giselle. I don't know, I think that's pretty cool because... It's that idea of being put into another world and being able to, I guess, pretend to be someone in another dimension, I guess. Because I can't do that in real life. Not everyone's going to call me Giselle. But in the game, well, that's my name. So I can do Giselle things and whatever I do, I guess I'm called Giselle. But the game doesn't treat the male trainer or the female trainer any differently, which I totally respect. Like, it's cool that the developers of the game don't change how you're interacted with based on your sex or gender. Because, you know, real life isn't like that. Because sometimes you're discriminated against based on your sex and gender. And I guess just old school games had that bias. By, you know, not even allowing an option to be male or female. I mean, some games did, but not all. And another reason I choose female character over male is, well, better outfits. Duh. As you know, if there's an opportunity for me to wear women's clothes, real life or virtual reality, well, I'll do it. Like, if I could live my real life in bra and panties, I would. I mean, pragmatically speaking, it's probably unnecessary to wear bras and panties all the time, but in theory, it probably seems like fun. I mean, in video games, I'd rather run around chasing an objective in a game, like in a skirt or a dress or a bra and panties. It's also just, like, more fun to look at, right? Like, if you're going to be running around doing adventures, I'd rather be watching a girl avatar do it. Another reason maybe people choose female characters over male characters is, and I hate to say this, but because I'm reducing women to this, but I don't know, people love boobs, and, well, women have them. Hold on a second. Boobs! Boobs! I mean, fat guys have boobs, too. Sorry, fellas. But you know what? At least you guys can make boobs. With all that chest fat, you can make really good cleavage as a cross-dresser. But everyone loves boobs. Men, women, even babies. Like, video games, as a whole, don't tend to highlight male body parts, like penises, or bigger junks, or bigger pecs. I mean, yeah, they do, especially in like those traditional games, especially in those early 90s games like Duke Nukem or Street Fighter, where they did focus on big muscular men and female bodies that were, I guess, less muscular and dainty, if you will. I feel like in the 90s, there was such an emphasis on how women and men looked. I mean, it's even more so evident today with social media, but I think Elaine Bennett in the show Seinfeld summed it up pretty pretty well with this description on the male versus female body. Female body is a, a work of art. The male body is utilitarian. It's for getting around. It's like a jeep. Obviously this is just a TV show and this is supposed to be taken from a comedic angle, but I find some truth to it. I mean, I also agree with Elaine. I just think male bodies are so utilitarian and they're so bulky. And if you're into that, cool. I mean, I'm not. I prefer women because women, you know, they're not as hairy. I don't like the overly muscular look, but if you're into that, again, cool. I just find guys' bodies so weird looking. I do find women's bodies works of art, like Elaine said. And I don't know, I just find women's bodies hotter. I think women's body is hot.
compared to a man's. So hot, want to touch the hiney. And back to the boobs thing, I mean, I remember playing games in the 90s and 2000s, and with the improvement of graphics, they highlighted women's boobs even more. The major game I remember when it came out, because of the improvement in graphics, was Soul Calibur. Because before Soul Calibur, games were like mostly two-dimensional games, like Mortal Kombat, or Killer Instinct. Um, it wasn't until like Tekken, which tried its best to be 3D, which it was, but the graphics still looked kind of blocky and it didn't look as seamless. I mean, if you remember Tomb Raider, Laura Croft, uh, in that 8-bit form for the PlayStation, like, it looked really blocky. Her boobs were more like pointy pyramids versus more spherical, or like melons, if that makes sense. But, I don't know, it was Soul Calibur that you would play in the arcade and you'd get a really good look at boobs. Like, it had better curvature, it just looked like actual real-life boobs. I swear those games were just made to really just showcase girls with large breasts, which sucks for women, right? Because these games do reinforce stereotypes that, I guess that women are reduced to what their bodies can provide. Like, they're only valued for their looks, like their boobs. Like, are flat-chested girls or girls that are overweight, would they be chosen by video game players? Or would they be made fun of because they don't fit the mold of what a gamer girl should look like? I remember with Mortal Kombat, there was a character named Shiva, where she was muscular and she had four arms, and I guess she's not typical for a feminine character. I mean, I thought she was ugly, but I was always so good with her, so I don't know, I used to button mash all the time, and I would always win. And then I would wait for the announcer to say, Shiva wins. And another thing they try to demonstrate with female characters is that they would scream in high-pitched voices, which I guess is another way to demonstrate femininity. But, I don't know, people only choose women sometimes to entertain themselves with the physical attributes of the character. After reading some studies online, one study in the Journal of Canadian Game Studies Association titled Playing in Drag, a study on gender in virtual and non-virtual gaming, they discussed that some studies have shown that in games which offer avatar customization uh, or player choice, people tend to bond more with their avatar due to the fact that they spend more time creating it, thus feeling a sense of pride. And men, when selecting female avatars, they preferred attractive avatars with traditional hairstyles, like low, flowing locks, as opposed to a pink mohawk. Which is interesting to me, because maybe some men do prefer that traditional, stereotypical woman, or this is how they perceive women. And so they show that on screen by choosing women that they like because that's what, I don't know, who the media or what is commonplace at the time. But the other interesting part is that when men played as these characters, they found their chat patterns shifted partly towards how real women spoke. The men used emotional phrases and more exclamation points than the men who did not gender switch. In other words, they say that men created female avatars that were stereotypically beautiful and emotional. Which is, I guess, what I kind of do too. I guess when I'm playing as Giselle in not just Pokemon, but other video games as well. Sometimes I am kinder or quieter and more reserved, especially when I dress up as Giselle. Same thing in video games um, as Giselle in real life. I kind of quieter, soft-spoken, as opposed to my male self, where I'm kind of louder and more outspoken and extroverted 
I kind of exemplify my Giselle self in video games by being more reserved and quiet and, I don't know, shy, if you will. So what does this mean for the future of video games and cross-dressing or whatnot? Uh, I recently saw an episode of Black Mirror. Don't know if you guys are a fan of Black Mirror. Uh, it's basically like uh, the Twilight Zone, but with the future as far as technology is concerned. And well, in the most recent episode, I think it was the first episode of the most recent season, it's called Striking Vipers. And in that, there's a element of the game where you basically... You're basically in the game, you're playing as a person, and you feel and you touch, and you're in the game as whatever character, and the two characters in real life are male, and in the game, it's basically like a Mortal Kombat situation, Street Fighter situation, where you're fighting each other, but instead of fighting, one's a girl, one's a guy, so the guy becomes a girl, and the guy, be- the other guy's another guy, and they have like well-toned bodies, whatnot, and the guy ends up having sex with the girl in the game and they feel and they experience all the exact feelings or emotions as as the episode progresses and so it makes you kind of think well does that make me gay does that make thing and the episode explores that explores those elements it's pretty interesting well you guys should check it out so for video games you're just selecting an avatar no not like ang the last airbender but i believe ang can save the world or James Cameron's version of Avatar. But really, you're just playing video games that you're selecting someone that represents you. You want to have fun with it, and I don't know, it's relatively harmless as long as you're not hurting anyone. If you're not taking anything away from somebody, or catfishing someone pretending to be someone you're not. No, you're just playing a game. It's all in good fun. Maybe in the future, something like Striking Vipers can happen. And I don't know. I mean, I'd be the first person to sign up for something like Striking Vipers, because, well have sex maybe even as chun Li. i mean it's probably a long time from now but they need anyone to trial this game out or if they need anyone to work out all the kinks or if they need to play test that game well shoot i volunteer i volunteer i volunteer as tribute and now it's time for kirsten's corner In this week's episode of Kirsten's Corner. She's, she's got so many different ones. Let's talk about tattoos. Ooh, tattoos. All right. Um, What about tattoos? So I don't have one. Okay. Um, but you, when I first met you, you had like two. No. I haven't gotten any new ones. No. Oh, okay. When wait. I first met no, you. No, I only had one. One. Two, three. I had three. Three. And then... I have four now, guys. It's I just got one. Everyone chill, right? But you thought about getting more. Yeah, and I have not. But I have one in the works that I'm thinking about. Okay, well, tell me about tattoos and your tattoos specifically. So everyone knows what tattoos are. I don't have to tell you about tattoos, right? And I think they're, you know, another form what of expression. Tattoos? So tattoos are... Ink. Ink on your skin. Yeah, permanent ink on your skin. And I think it's, you know, another form of self-expression. I think people can get whatever tattoos they want, even if I think maybe some people don't have the best ones, but your choice, you know, I don't mean personally, I mean, just like in general, I've seen bad tattoos. Anyway, so my first one I got was in 2013, I think it was I got like a tiny cross on my wrist on my left wrist. 
tiny like super thin and like it was like nothing my mom my dad thought i drew it on with sharpie and then um a couple months later i got another tattoo on my right inside forearm that Mm -hmm. says beloved i got beloved because that's what um jesus calls his people his children he calls them my beloved you know so that means i'm you know so jesus will recognize your arm on anyway that's my expression i i tell you to express it okay anyway um beloved and then actually when i got the beloved done i had them make the cross a little bit bigger because it was like really tiny and then so (laughs) he's i'll tell you why he's laughing guys so then on my 30th birthday i went and got another tattoo do you say another i said another 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 i got another tattoo on my uh right forearm also but like close to like the front I don't even know what to call this. So it's a uh, radial ulnar. So this bone is your ulnar part. Oh, I got so my ra- outside my, forearm. My outside forearm, my radial ulnar. Your ulnar. Your ulnar. Ulnar area. Anyways, it's, it says mt dot v colon xiv dash xvi, which stands for Matthew five fourteen to sixteen, which is um, uh, it's a verse from Matthew. It's says you are the light of the world a city set on a mountain cannot be hidden but it should be um pretty much like shine your light and let everyone see it and so that's actually the our mission statement for the group that catholic young adult group i was in in college and that's something that's always been really important to me because it's like for me it's like you know be who you are and don't hide it away you know hey anyway be who you are right so when i got that done i was like dang this is my (laughs) this is my third jesus tattoo it was very intense so actually guys i changed my cross (laughs) i changed the cross on my left wrist to a deathly hallow symbol from harry potter because i love harry potter so um it's a i have a little deathly hallows on my wrist which everyone i feel like my brother was like, that's very silly that you're getting it. You know, like, you're, I can't believe you're getting Harry Potter tattooed on your body. But over like, Jesus Christ. Over, okay, not that many people know about that, but I guess everybody knows about it now. But anyway, I mean, I feel like it's, uh, I think, again, so the, the symbol means a lot of different things. But I think one of the things it means to me is that um, they always said that the symbols for those who conquer death. So who's the master of death who has all the three deathly hallows. But the way that it's explained at the end of the movie and at the end of the books is that your death is not the end you know death is the beginning so there's more you know it's like the next greatest great adventure etc um and it's like to not fear death anyway and then september of last year like after we had just met i went to um the bay Uh, to visit one of my friends who moved here and with one of my other good friends and we got like friendship tattoos we didn't get the same ones but we all got a tattoo at the same time but i will just say mine's fucked up because uh, i scar really easily and the guy who did my tattoo was just like super heavy-handed so a part of it is raised and it looks uneven and it's very upsetting so i just need to get it fixed but i've just i just haven't because i'm lazy and like what is it so this is a it's like an arrow it's on my the top of my oh it's my bicep bicep, my Mm -hmm. left bicep it's an like a v pointing up and then a v pointing down like a 
it looks kind of like a greater sign greater than sign and no less than sign yeah, yeah but it's stands for gosh my sorry another religious tattoo it's for john 333 so he must increase i don't know he must increase i must decrease and for me it's like humility so it's like more of him less of me so instead of thinking about all the things that i am but think of the things that he gave me the things that he made me you know finding the balance between you know i don't know humility got it and what's the thought process on choosing a tattoo for you for me it's like something i want to have forever forever you know like something that means something to me something that's important um and i know like then people are like so why'd you get a harry potter tattoo you know like i know that's like i know people think it's like lame that i got it some people think it gets dope which is even cooler but mm. i think for me it's just like something that was important to me and like i know that i don't i wouldn't regret getting this you know mm-hmm. even when i'm old i'll tell my kids about i'll tell my kids and my grandkids about how much i love harry potter you know greatest story greatest story of our time <laughs> um so you talk about self-expression mm-hmm and expressing you know the way you want to how do you do that like within your own life i guess outside of tattoos like the importance of the tattoo is something that you fully live with right mm-hmm. um if you, do you, you say you judge other people i don't judge not judge <laughs> but i'm like oh is that what you wanted to get but no i don't know if, like i hate when you say judge other people <laughs> but, but i think thinking about it too is like some people get tattoos that they either get later removed or sometimes mm-hmm. it's something that they do regret i think it also captures a time in your life you know like sometimes people get tattoos of their significant other's names and then what if they later break up i feel mm-hmm. like well that was like a time in your life and now it'll be there forever which even if like you can never erase someone's memory i guess so mm. it'll always be there regardless and now it's just on your skin luckily you can get it removed if you want but i don't know if you if you feel confident in putting it on your body then it's there you know because mm-hmm. the thing about like tattoos it's it's removable yeah right? you can now remove, yeah well, yeah you, i mean it, it hurts like hell scar. yeah and it'll scar so it'll still leave some sort of long-lasting imprint mm-hmm. i feel like like cross-dressing or self-expression from like transgender aspect or gender aspect like it's gender neutral right men women transgender people you can you can tattoo your body and yeah it's it's fine but like you know like when people dress up that you can't really kind of remove per se i don't know i'm not trying to to i don't know what you mean (sighs) trying to get to that point of like like you chose to express yourself mm-hmm. in that way, mm-hmm. but like, just do people judge you differently? You say your mom. Yeah, dad my mom like, doesn't like. My mom doesn't care for my tattoos. I have like family members who don't like them. Like, why do you need to put that on you permanently? You know. But I mean, I don't know. It's like what again? It's like what I want to do, and for you, that's what you want to do. That's what you know. The cross resonating. Yeah, the, if that's what you want to do. But the the difference is, yeah, for my for tattoos, is it doesn't affect i mean your tattoos doesn't affect like me hanging out with you because it's seen so um it's more common it's more common now it is right you know before if i were to have these tattoos like 10 years ago i might not be able to get a job mm -hmm, mm -hmm. you know or like my mom would have felt worse about it but it's like a little bit more common now and like maybe that's the hope is that like one day the world will be more accepting of cross-dressers or transgender people you know Mm -hmm. i mean that's the hope but 
like let's say i dress up a little more like it had to be subtle right like you like full face tattoos still aren't seen. Yeah, like, yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, this motherfucker has a fucking flame right through. This is Mike Tyson flame <laughs> on his eyeball versus like, you no, know, like let's say I wear like like earrings or something. Yeah. I mean, we'll get into jewelry later, but like what can I do to slowly mm, introduce? I see. Like a tattoo is something that like you can slightly, oh, he's got it on, you got it on your forearm. Yeah. Okay. Versus like me, like, oh. Well, like, like sometimes you wear flip flops and sometimes you wear shoes and your toenails are painted. Uh huh. You know, that's like something that's little. Okay. The type, again, the types of earrings you wear. Okay. But clothing wise, I mean, well, this is all. Well, I don't know. Okay. Yeah. That's. See, it's, it's. Yeah. It's a fine line. At least with tattoos, there's something you can just. Well, I feel like it's it's all changing too. Even, even the nature of tattoos are changing because it's like I have fairly what can be seen as feminine or dainty tattoos whereas my friend angie has like a full-on sleeve tattoo and like for a long time sleeve tattoos could be seen as more masculine or something that guys have or like biker dudes have or like whatever but i feel like it's more common now for you know women to have sleeve tattoos you know but like again it's even seen as like being as quote quote unquote butch or whatever for Mm -hmm. some people Mm -hmm. you know but like I feel like I've seen so many women who have like badass sleeve tattoos and like that doesn't say anything about their sexuality, you know? Mm-hmm. So gender, I think yeah. I th- or like I don't see guys that tramps tramp stamps, you know what I mean? Well, also <laughs> I don't see them, maybe there are, but like what are tramp stamps? So that's like when you have a little tattoo like right above your butt crack. Okay. Which is seen like girls who have them are tramps, but that's like something from the nineties, yeah, I think, yeah, yeah. you know, right. or actually very, t- that's a very 2000s thing to that's get true. or like ankle tattoos are seen as being very feminine. So I think even that, like if you were to get an ankle tattoo or like a little wrist tattoo, it'd be seen as being feminine where it's just a tattoo. So it's like, even that, even that is like people judge by like your gender or whatever, your sexuality and mm-hmm. stuff. Mm hmm. Okay. Do you have any future tattoos you're thinking about getting? I was workshopping a getting like a very large thigh tattoo of like a sparrow and like a floral situation, but I ultimately uh, went against it just because it's really big. And I don't know if I'm ready for that commitment. And I feel like maybe I'd want my thighs to look a little bit better. A little thick right now. I got them tick ties. Mm-hmm. But um, I also there was another another Harry Potter tattoo that I kind of wanted to get, but I don't know yet. On my, I'd get that on like my shoulder, top my top of my shoulder, my mm. shoulders, I guess. <laughs> but I don't know. I I haven't really thought about it. Hmm. So your takeaway, or what can someone take away from like your thoughts on tattoos? Like, I know I said that like I judge people with bad tattoos, but I don't know if that's true or not. If I do, or I'm like, huh? I think it's more like, oh, interesting choice, you know. Mm, mm. So I think it's like, do what you want. If it, you want to put your boyfriend's name and like whether or not you'll be together forever, like do you, you know, if that's what you want to do, I think it's like your choice and then it's your body. And then as far as like, as, as my mom said, she went, she said when she saw my first and she went, well, it's your body. That's what she said. But you were how old at this like moment? Freaking tw- 25, 26. Okay. So hopefully you were made adult decisions. Yeah. We're obviously going to make um, yeah. things, poor decisions even later in life. But I feel like, um, Sorry, so for, as far as, like, gender and tattoos... Like get whatever a, tattoo you want to get. And there's no, like, you know... You, I mean, they're still associated, like, flowers are still associated with, like, 
female or feminine. No, I, I've seen a lot of guys with oh, okay. floral tattoos and I think it looks tight. Versus like... I think guys with tattoos are hot. Oh, sorry. I don't have any. I know. Well, um, you could also be a guy with tattoos and be not hot, so... That's true. That's me. Oh, my God. That's No, <laughs> that's not... Oh, yeah, I don't have any tattoos. No, I'm just saying like... So for female or feminine tattoos, there's no association with femininity or like is a is a girl with like a tattoo seen as like oh that's not feminine that's there's no you don't equate or relate well i don't like i don't think it makes anyone more or less ladylike if they have a tattoo or more more masculine yeah i don't okay yeah so do do whatever you want i wish i wish it would be the same for guys too because i feel i mean some guys do have like you know i've seen guys with like the types of tattoos that women have but i feel like it's i would like it's again the gender bias to be not there for tattoos is that right right? sure yeah anyways well thank you that was a long bye kirsten's And that's it for this week's episode, guys, of the Cross Yes podcast. Uh, we did 27 episodes, guys. We are well into it. It's well into August. I had my birthday last week. Talked about it this week. Uh, talked about video games this week. Um, talked about everything from, I don't know, Super Mario to Striking Vipers. Yeah, had Kirsten even talk about her tattoos and what that signifies. I hope you guys stay tuned in for next week. We're going to have Diana Vandenberg on the podcast where she is actually a cross-dresser who started her own company that helps cross-dressers with hip pads and body forms and stuff. Stay tuned for that. I know you guys will enjoy that episode. Got some other stuff coming up. I'll have Kirsten update us on everything about her and who she's told as far as the cross-dressing is concerned. And um, I'll have more interviews up and more episodes up after that. Uh, middle of August. Hope you guys are enjoying your August so far. And that's it. Hope you guys enjoy the rest of your week. And as always, keep it fresh, stay blessed, and remember, yes, you're gorgeous. Again, I'm not here to treat or diagnose anything, guys. I am just here to tell my story. I have people come on the podcast and tell their story, and and maybe you guys can learn from it. And I hope it helps you guys understand the world of cross-dressing and gender a bit more.